When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 230 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, Justin talks to sports law lawyer and Fordham Law alumnus Dan Lust about the Fordham Rams and Buffalo News college sports reporter Rachel Lindsay about the Buffalo Bulls. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Hi, Justin. Hey, Mike. Kind of a bittersweet evening. Indeed. Re-recording here after uh, Nebraska lost to Arkansas in Game 3. Valiant effort, but uh, mm. came up short. Did you? I know you're not one to follow, you know, non Husker football, Husker <laughs> Nebraska sports. Were you following baseball closely this yeah, week? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a baseball fan in general. So you know, when when a team that I have an affinity for is uh, doing something remarkable, I, I'll tune in. So I was I was paying attention tonight, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's too bad, man. You know, I, I think that we all had visions in our head of the return to the CWS, but uh, they just kind of drew the short end of the stick or whatever you want to call it um, for this tournament, and they had to prove it. I mean, this was basically the College World Series for Nebraska, right? Like, you're playing number one. That's what you got to hmm. do to even get in, right? That's and good so, point. dang, you know. Let's just hope that, uh, as it turns out, Arkansas wins it all. Are you going to root for Arkansas? You know, I have uh, my brother's wife, his his family, her family, is uh, they're all Arkansas fans from Arkansas. So there's a little bit of that going on in our extended family. Are they? Uh, are you going to hear from them? Or I, I don't. I don't suppose you would. But is is he hearing from them this week? Oh no! I mean, like. I saw him post a pretty respectful thing, even ahead oh, okay. of today's game, just saying like, "Hey, well, we're gonna find out whether your team or mine," you know. And so, like, yeah, no, they're they're chill about it. They're cool about it. Yeah, it seemed like the the Arkansas fans got a little uh little mean <laughs> down there. Oh, did they? Yeah, a little bitter. Yeah, there was some. I mean, if you followed much, you, you listeners know that there was some business about accusations that mojo haggy like th- gave the finger to a section of the fans or to the bullpen potentially and so every time he was batting they were booing him it was nasty and hmm. um the you know the social media crap coming from from their fans and even their twitter handle the husker the arkansas twitter handle uh just weird so hmm. you know i think I think a lot of Nebraska fans will say, if you make it to the College World Series, don't think I'm going to root for you. Mm. It's hard because, you know, everybody here loves Dave Van Horn. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, you know, I think I think you just got to look at the incredibly successful season and what is essentially Will Bolt's first year and say, well done. <laughs> and uh, wow, what what a start and certainly something to build on and something to be proud of. And he's got he's got uh, for all the culture we talk about with football. I mean, he's got his culture in place. And I mean, they're they're built to win. And he's got guys that Erstad had that he brought to the next level. And then he's got new guys like, or, you know, freshman player of the year from our alma mater, Millard West, Max Anderson. So while it's a, it's a bummer right now, you know, the future's bright, but we're not here to talk about baseball. I mean, I gotta be an equal opportunity offender against other sports. Why are we talking about baseball? Justin, this is a football podcast. Husker football fan podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if volleyball were doing well, we'd be talking about that. Oh yeah. For sure. We've talked about That's the bowling sure. team. <laughs> so. This is, uh, we got a lot for you in this episode. Yeah. It's chock full. Yeah, a lot. So first, uh, we, we talk with our, our friend Dan Lust, who we've had on the show before. Uh, just so happens he is a Fordham Law alum. And uh, sometimes with some of these FCS schools or lower, you know, lower division schools, it's kind of hard to find a beat reporter who is dedicated to talking about that school um you know so i've i've had troubles in the past like when we were supposed to supposed to play south dakota state like hunting someone down was a little challenging yeah i mean um, you've talked to students about some of these yeah, smaller teams yeah no we, we start we talked to uh who was it for last year yeah i still follow him uh for the chippewas central michigan yeah i talked to a, a student reporter so anyway when he i think i remember that he was a fordham grad so i i as soon as they were out of the schedule, I was messaging with him and he was like, yeah, I mean, I can talk about him. Sure. So, uh, so fun conversation with him, go down some rabbit trails for sure, but a really interesting conversation. And then, uh, following that, we will run our interview with Rachel Lindsay from the Buffalo news who covers the Buffalo bulls and a few other, uh, colleges in the Buffalo area. Um, lots of, lots of change there with their, their staff having just left to go to Kansas and, uh, so, I learned a lot in both of these conversations. <laughs> I'm sure. So, we're going to do these chronologically since we play Fordham first uh, in game two and then Buffalo second. So, uh, let's start with Dan Lust talking about the Fordham Rams. We are thrilled to welcome back to the show Dan Lust. Dan is the co-host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. He is sports law expert. Uh, he's been on TV and radio and podcasts all over the country talking about sports law. And for our purposes, he is a Fordham grad. So, Dan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Justin. I- I'm uh, happy to be back. I guess that means I uh, didn't mess up my last appearance too badly. No, that was great. I actually was just thinking about our last episode yesterday as texts from Ohio State administrators were uh, uh, foia'd and released, and it showed they were talking about doing some of the stuff Nebraska was doing and you know, they don't, they don't take the heat. We take the heat, but that's okay. We're tough. We can take it. I guess, uh, yeah, Nebraska's not the bad guy after all. I, I Turns guess, out. Uh, I guess the truth yeah. uh, will set you free. Maybe, maybe even the hero. So, um, so like I uh, alluded to you, you went to law school at Fordham. And so we've got you here not to talk about sports law, but to talk about Fordham. Um, 
because I'll tell you, I don't know anything. I have the Fordham Rams football Wikipedia page pulled up here and like everything I'm reading is new. So uh, first, I guess, before we get into the team, tell, tell me, like, give me your, uh, your Fordham pedigree. Like, how is it that you know so much? Like, tell us about yourself so that we can have more context here. Well, I think it's important, Justin. And listen, I, I think within a month of uh, Ted Carter uh, following me on Twitter, guess what was announced as the number one uh, number one game of the season? Obviously, the home opener it was my my alma mater, Fordham. So I'm an honorary Cornhusker, uh, but I graduated as a Fordham Ram. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, well, pe- people think it, that I have some pull. I have absolutely no pull. It's a very very happy coincidence. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up in the Northeast. Um, and uh, where, where Fordham plays their games, it's called the Patriot League. I'm very familiar with all of these schools. Uh, I'm going to rattle them off. You'll, you'll know these more as basketball schools. Um, and, Justin, as you told me, I was not aware of this prior to basketball season, but, but is it true that Nebraska has not won a college basketball game in the tournament? Is that accurate? That is accurate. We're, like, the only Power 5 team. It's, uh, it's a bad deal. It's time. I, I would – Creighton to a loss so I think I can woo yes. Nebraska to a win this year work your magic um, but uh yeah I mean Holy Cross Lafayette Bucknell Lehigh Colgate Fordham uh and Georgetown those are those are basketball schools uh yeah, yeah. Uh, Bucknell I think took down Kansas a couple years ago do we hate Kansas in Nebraska is that another place we hate you know it's a it's a different relationship you know when we were in the Big Ten they are kind of like they were kind of like a Nebraska football as you know, Kansas basketball, always great. What Nebraska football used to be always great. Uh, kind of the leader of the league. And so I don't know if hate it's like, they're just like the juggernaut that you could never get or could rarely get past. And now that we've been out of the conference for a while, I don't know that there's really any, you know, I don't, I don't speak for myself. And I think most people, I don't think there's hate would be the right word. Well, I'll, I'll get off my Nebraska bandwagon for a minute. And we didn't mention this. I, I told you it was okay to bring up. I'm, I'm wearing my Nebraska shirt. So I have to show as much as I'm supporting. Dan is Florida. sporting Big Red official. I, I see the, the the block N there, the iron N, Nebraska. You're looking good. Looks good on you. The red looks good. It's it's a good look. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess, you know, as my – we'll get off my Nebraska bandwagon for a second. But as I, as I read the Twitter tense, I believe it's Iowa – Texas and Colorado in no particular order, but those are the big three that we hate. Yeah, that's it. That's a good summary. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just need to know this. So now I'll inform you guys of of Fordham and the history of Fordham. So, uh, you know, I I made a joke that Nebraska has, I think, five uh, players that went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, But then there's an argument of quantity versus quality. Uh, Fordham's most famous alumni in the the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a guy that you might have heard of named Vince Lombardi. Who actually ah. passed the form. So in the 40s, um, Fordham was a football powerhouse pre-World War I. They played in the Cotton Bowl. They were one of these big powerhouses. And then, uh, you know, then they kind of cut back on scholarships. Uh, as of today, Fordham only gives out, uh, I think it's 60 scholarships right around there. So they don't have that many scholarship players. There's a rigorous uh, academic, uh, you know, test you got to get in. You have to have the right grade. So it's, it's tough. You know, uh, there's no real comparison between the quality of talent that uh, Fordham can get versus Nebraska. Um, that said, right, like wh- who is who is Nebraska, you know, playing? They're playing Fordham. Uh, they're, uh, you know, I want to give them, you know, appropriately valued, right? This is a school in the past three years. I think it's important. Uh, 2018, they went two and nine overall Fordham. Uh, 2019, they went four and eight. Uh, and then in 2020, uh, you know, when everyone was dealing with COVID and whatnot, 
the Patriot League uh, took a different route than um, obviously the Big Ten did. Patriot League canceled fall football and they had an abbreviated spring schedule that was really supposed to be uh, four games. Um, and it ended up only being three games in the regular season and they played a playoff game and they went essentially two and one in the regular season. And then they won, uh, or they, sorry, they lost in the first round uh, of their playoffs to South Carolina. Oh, wow. so, kind of like a throwaway year. Um, yeah. but I, I think it's fair to say that Fordham, uh, you know, I want to be realistic. is kind of a middle, middle of the pack type Patriot league school and playing, uh, playing Nebraska, um, you know, it was a very, very big step up for them. Yeah. So they are, so they're FC, FCS level. So they're not, they're in a lower division. Um, and it sounds like they aren't, they're not like the cream of the crop of the, of their division either. So, I mean, this is, this is a mis- mismatch. It is. I mean, well, like, let's, if we just say it by paper and I didn't tell you how many games were in this abbreviated spring schedule, you know, they qualified for the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs. They had the Patriot league's automatic bid, but they really went two and one in the regular season. Yeah. A little bit of a small sample size, but I think the easiest way to, you know, let's, let's talk about the pros, right? The pros to Fordham, what they're coming in with. Um, let's talk about 2019s, 2020 abbreviated years, not really that, you know, comparison. They return 18 of 22 starters um, from their 2019 team. So it's a veteran uh-huh. team. It's an older team. It's a uh-huh. team that has consistently uh, led the Patriot League in their air raid attack. Okay. Uh, after obviously an abbreviated year, uh, senior quarterback, four-year starter, Tim DeMorat through uh, for about 350 yards a game. Uh, he's got a little bit of wheels to him. Uh, so they have, a, they have one of the most uh, potent uh, attack, uh, passing attacks in the Patriot League. And when it comes to DeMora, he's throwing, uh, completing 72% of his passes. And obviously, if you, you know, thrown for 350 yards a game, you're among the national leaders uh, in the FCS. So I think he was second overall in the FCS at 72% uh, completion percentage. And 350 yards a game, you know, he's, he's got a competent air rate attack. And they're returning eight starters on defense, 10 on offense. So it's a veteran savvy team. So listen, Justin, if you're going to the betting window, I think this is a team that's very prideful and they're not going to, not going to get blown out of the stadium. I, I wouldn't think so. Maybe, maybe it's kind of close in the first half kind of thing. Maybe it's a cover. Maybe it's a cover on a, in a very bloated spread. Let's, let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. I'm looking at the future non-conference opponents and, they do play Florida Atlantic this coming year. They go to Ohio in 2020 and Buffalo in 2023, Bowling Green 2024. So they do have some Division One games. I mean, they're going to get paid handsomely for for coming out. Um, so I, I I went to law school in Nebraska and and I had season tickets through that for my wife and I to the football games and went went to all those. Um, when you were at Fordham Law, like was the football team on your radar? Yeah, so this part is going to be a little foreign to, to Nebraska. I guess, is the law school on the same campus as the undergrad? So we have a city campus, and we have an, uh, what we call East Campus. East Campus is where like the ag stuff is traditionally, but then there's also the law schools over there and, um, and the dental school, but it's more of like the ag campus. And they're not terribly far. It's like a five-minute drive between the two campuses. So, you know, city campuses in a more urban area – East campus is still in the city of Lincoln. Um, it's a little bit greener. So you could essentially say they're connected. They're pretty darn close. So Fordham, it's, it's odd. I mean, Fordham, like, you know, you go on their website, they say they have a bunch of acres of you know, grass in the middle and the heart of New York City. Kind of half true, half not true. They have, three, they have three different campuses. So they have the Bronx campus, which is, you know, uh, toward the northern part of, the, of New York City. Um, I went to school at the law school, which is in Manhattan. It's not oh. Bronx, Manhattan, that close. 
maybe if there was no traffic and you can't do a straight line, you could do it in close to 10 minutes, but it's by no means walking distance. And then they have a campus close to where I grew up. I grew up um, outside of the city where there was less concrete, more grass, which is why, uh, you know, people say uh, you're from New York City. Like, I'm like, no, I'm outside. Hmm. And they have a separate, Fordham has a separate campus that's in uh, where I'm from, Westchester County. So, yeah, it, I, I would say uh, it would be odd for a group of law students to go to the games. But, you know, I'm, I'm obviously following the team. They've never been that good uh, as far as I've been following them. But Fordham uh, baseball has been pretty good. I know Fordham, Nebraska, or sorry, Nebraska baseball is also uh, on a nice run. Not Big 10 champs. I follow all, all the uh, all my Nebraska followers. They let me know that Big Ten baseball. You guys well, were unranked into the season. Yeah. And now you leave as a champ. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. We just got to carry that over into football, into basketball. Yeah. It's a, it's a winning mentality. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraskans, like we, football is the focus, but I think a lot of people are like me where like whatever season it is, like we care about that. And it's been harder to care about basketball because they've been so bad, but you know, they've had some runs, not. I've actually heard that Nebraska is a volleyball school and I've heard that. Well, that is supporters. Yeah. They are. I mean, they're, they're the cream of the crap right now. They are. You know, national champion contenders every year. So that's uh, hopefully the bas- baseball is getting to that level, maybe, and the football team can follow, and basketball team, you know, we can dream. Good to take Robin Chamberlain, Alex Gordon. I, I, uh, you know, I obviously, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm actually a San Francisco Giants fan, but Jabba Chamberlain, uh, there was a period of time where he was going to assume the role of Mariano Rivera in New York at the back of the bullpen. And obviously, things since went awry for Jabba. I think he had some crazy trampoline accident, but. Alex Gordon had a hell of a career. I think he just he recently hung it up. But Alex Gordon had a yeah. hell of a career. Royals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there's some there's some greatness there. Um, and we were we were going back and forth about if there's any chance you could come out to Lincoln for this game, but sounds like it's not in the cards. Um, well, you know this, and I'm, you know I, I put a lot of stuff on social that my wife gets mad at me about. But we're we're expecting uh, our second uh, uh, our second child happens to be a girl, and right at the end of July. So, you know, we're moving into a house. We got a lot of stuff going on. My wife goes, you know, I said, can we go down to Nebraska? You know, my my friend Justin said he maybe possibly could pull some favors and get me some tickets. Yeah, yeah. Was if you are going, you are going alone. Um, so it's not it's not out of the cards, but um, oh. I just. Listen, like, I mean, I meant to tell you this. Fordham has not played a Power Five school in about 60 years, um, so I, it's, it doesn't happen that often. I get the home opener in Lincoln. So, oh man, yeah, I. Uh, I mean, well, first of all, congratulations uh, on the, the pending birth of your second child. That's really exciting, and uh, I totally understand how that takes precedence over a football game. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm wagering on this game. Like, I think here's the really interesting ethical question as lawyers, right? We take, uh, Justin, you t- is the MPRE, I think that's a national exam, yeah. right? The, yeah. The- yeah, we had to take it, yeah. So, you know, I, I can't, I got to root for Fordham in some sense. That's where I got my diploma from. But I have been voted by the lovely people on Twitter, an honorary corner group. And so I said, how do I bet this game? I mean, I, I can't, I obviously can't root for a, a hundred to nothing score. I think, I mean, you can be the judge on this. I think if I bet Fordham to cover, I, I think I'm not doing anything wrong here. Uh, well, what's the line? I haven't seen it. Well, I'm going to, let's say I have a fictitious line of 42 and a half. I made that up. 42 and a half. Okay. Uh, to cover. I would say, you know, maybe depends on how the previous game goes. If we beat Illinois, um, that's a really big, you know, game zero 
week zero game. If we beat the beat Illinois, we'll feel pretty good. And, you know, maybe we see more backups. And so maybe Fordham covers. If we lose to Illinois, I suspect Nebraska takes some rage out on poor Fordham. Um, and they, you do not cover. Wait, can we talk even, about one even with 42, well, 42, that's a lot of points. Can we, can we talk about one thing that you, you and I went back and forth on? There was some crazy Fordham alum that wrote in to uh, one of the, the local Lincoln papers that said it was a travesty that yeah. Nebraska was playing Fordham. Like, well, I don't know what Fordham fan would, would view that as a travesty. Like, so, I mean, this, 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 uh, you know, I guess Fordham fans, you know, know this Nebraska fans, you know, this was not an open game on Fordham's schedule. They were supposed to play Central Connecticut State, you know, oh. the team that they had lost to two years prior. So it was, oh. you know, maybe an, maybe an L and maybe an L to a weaker opponent. I mean, why not take an L and also get paid a chunk of change, right? I think it's five hundred grand that, that Nebraska is yeah. going to go for them. Like, I mean, if you if you're a Fordham fan and you graduated from Fordham and you're saying it's a shame for your, I think this person was an alma mater or lived in Lincoln and then also went to Fordham. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Listen, I, I know that Nebraska recently legalized sports betting. Is cannabis legal in, in Nebraska? Because this guy is smoking something. It's a crazy, crazy. <laughs> Not yet. It, there was a so it's interesting, very conservative legislature. And there's been multiple bills for multiple years. They keep failing, although they get closer. And we had a ballot initiative to legalize marijuana. And it was pretty restrictive and it passed. So it went to the ballot or we have, so we have a single cam, uh, unicameral. We don't have a bicameral system in the state that's like that. And so we talk about the uh, ballot initiatives being the second uh, body, so to speak. So if, you're, if you can't get something through the legislature, you go to a ballot initiative to get it on the ballot. So we got all the signatures, it was on the ballot, it passed. And then uh, some, uh, some sheriff funded by unknown sources, probably the governor, because he's uber rich, um, because of his family, um, funded a lawsuit and they said, well, it's not specific enough. So it doesn't meet the Nebraska constitution standard for what can be on the ballot. And it got thrown out after it got like 60% passage rate. So then they had another law in this system or this legislative session that if passed would have legalized marijuana in the state of Nebraska, but it would have been the most restrictive state for what's legal. Um, and, and then the gal who had brought the ballot initiative last time said, we're going to have a one sentence ballot initiative. It's going to be extremely specific. It's going to be wide open. So pass this law and have the most restrictive legal marijuana system in this, in the country or don't, and it's going to be the wild west and it failed. So by two votes, legislators, at least. I mean, listen, I, I, maybe they messed up. And I don't really have a position on cannabis. If people want to legalize it, they want to legalize it, it's fine. I do have a position on paying college athletes, as you and I have spoke about. Yeah. Nebraska's ahead of that. They're one of a handful of states that have passed uh, name image likeness legislation. And then I think it was yesterday where they were just signed into law that sports betting is coming to Nebraska. So credit to Nebraska on two levels. Sports betting, long overdue, paying college athletes. Listen, it's going to give all of these states a massive recruiting edge. If the NCAA can't get their act together and the federal government can't get their act together, you know what? Uh, I follow, I follow, uh, you know, uh, and, and the more I, want, I don't shout out names because I don't, you know, I follow a lot of Nebraska uh, pundits who talk about recruiting and, and different four-star athletes, transfer portal, but let's get Nebraska some more four-star players, right? Let's get, let's get the transfer portal. Let's funnel them over to Lincoln. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know why I just went into that extended treatise. Oh, I love it. You know okay. I thought, well, that's why I thought you'd appreciate it. Um, how did I even get on that? 
Oh, you were saying he was smoking something. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was just a whiner. I mean, you get a one, someone with a minority opinion, and I guess you get it published in the Journal Star on the op-ed page, whatever. Um, so um, well, I appreciate you bringing that up and that you figure he's crazy because that was like- You know, I had to defend Fordham in that because I, you know, and you know me as a, an old school wrestling fan, I said not all Fordham fans are jabronis because that guy is clearly a jabroni. I, I connect with your uh, what it was like for you to go to law school and not really go to the football games. I went to a small liberal arts school and I was actually in a pep band um, for undergrad. And I remember like, I don't want to put I want to put listen to the Nebraska game. Why am I doing this? I don't care. Uh, I want to group for the team that I care about. So that was, um, you know, just because you go to a school doesn't make you a diehard. There's well, I, other, I so you know, I'm not a complete lunatic. I went to a small liberal arts school in New York, uh, in upstate New York, which no one in Nebraska will have ever heard of. It's called Union College. If you're a hockey fan, you will have heard of it. They're the Division One national hockey champions, even though they're a school, if you can believe this, Justin, that has 2,200 students in the student body, won the Division oh, wow. One national hockey championship. So uh, wow. my parents both went there, uh, and I go to all the hockey games up and down the state. So, you know, I follow – I think I'm more uh, closely aligned with my college, but I'm not like you. I'm not like a Nebraska, Nebraska guy. I went to Union and I went to a different school. So my allegiances are kind of all San Francisco Giants. So my allegiances are everywhere. Yeah. And Nebraska. And Nebraska. I mean, that's my college. I mean, you've got, you've got the, you've got the shirt. Well, uh, gosh, I, I don't know if there's anything left to say. So you're, you're picking Fordham to cover if the spread's really big. And uh, it's uh it's interesting to hear that they played four games this last year and, um, so their head coach I'm seeing here on Wikipedia, this is my amazing research, uh, John Conlin, he's been there for three seasons. So he's got an eight and 18 record. Um, it, uh, it, it sounds like an easy win. And the question is by how much? That's See, here's, if, I, if we're just recapping all the fun facts and figures I gave you, it, the, I guess the main thing, if I was just kind of coming to the game, uh, you know, a new Tim DeMora, it's a four-year starter. He was the reigning, uh, Patriot league player, offensive player of the year. Uh, he was the Fordham's team MVP. They actually also have a guy, at linebacker, Ryan Greenhagen, who was the uh, reigning defensive player of the year in the Patriot League. So although their previous history in 2018, 2019 makes it seem like they're at the bottom of the Patriot League, I don't know, they have a really experienced roster and coming back with both the offensive and defensive player of the year uh, in the conference. So it's a prideful team. It's an experienced team. I don't know if you're if you're a betting man, it's not crazy that they would cover. Uh, it's yeah, like a, well, especially know, if it's a 42-point cover. I don't know. I made that up. Don't quote me on that. No, no, I know. I know. I know. It's a hypothetical. To this podcast and they're going to make it much less. It's very possible. I am not a betting expert by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I'm here betting on the New York Liberty at 70 to one. So you can, you can trust me on my betting. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, I, over the night, it's just with a couple minutes left. Are there any, uh, what are the sports issues, sports law issues you're talking about? I I know you've been tweeting about Deshaun Watson a lot. That's been crazy. What's 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 the latest in the sports law world? Yeah, I think probably, you know, for following the one main story that we keep touching on. I mean, we you and I spoke a little bit name, image and likeness. I think that's the one uh, we're probably going to get a decision on NCA versus Austin. That was the Supreme Court case there. Oh, yeah. The end of March. We're going to get a re- likely decision on that by the uh, by sometime in mid-June. So a couple of weeks. But yeah, on Deshaun Watson, I mean, I kept people that are asking me, I have people that uh, you know, that are in Philly, that are in, uh, you know, Wisconsin, I get these DMs. Do you think that Watson is going to get suspended? Will a team trade for him? So, you know, uh, what, what came out this week, uh, at least if you, if you want to get in the weeds of, of these case developments, 
uh, a case scheduling order came out that Deshaun Watson can't be deposed. I guess his attorneys wanted him uh, to not deal with any of the headache of this lawsuit and not sit for a deposition until after the Super Bowl. Uh, and that's, I guess, about a week and a half after the Super Bowl. So wow. that was done very purposely. His lawyers basically said, I don't want this circus of a deposition to occur during the season. Let's put it after the season. No, good and bad. This is going to literally hang over for the entire season. Any team that trades for him, let's say he does play the 2021 season, which I think he's going to at least miss a portion of it. Um, you know, it's not, there's going to be no resolution and no, nothing on the books until the following year. So you trade for him, you know, you're going to have to sit and wait to see what punishment is. Uh, and I, I personally still, you know, um, I believe eight victims at this point have spoke. Um, I think it's, there've been 12 interviews total between the NFL and the um, Houston or the Harris County Police Department. So these victims are speaking with the NFL, they're speaking with the, with the, the district attorney's office. Um, you know, this is the beginning of an investigation. So yeah, I, I, I haven't ruled out the criminal charges are going to come. I don't think you and I have spoke about it on the show, but mm. you know, the, the long story, you have 20 different women who are allegedly have no connection to one another. Um, you know, by, by the NFL's old standard, like, I don't know. These women don't have anything to do with each other. The NFL's bar to suspend someone is very, very low. To be put on the commissioner's exempt list doesn't require any type of criminal court finding. It doesn't require any type of civil adjudication. It literally just requires something that's kind of akin to credible evidence. 20 different people who have no connection are all saying similar allegations. It's pretty credible. I mean, it's a pretty low bar. And then, you know, uh, you know, in criminal cases, you have 20 different accusers who, again, don't have no allegations to one another. More often than not, that results in criminal charges. So uh, my prediction here is that there is no trade uh, until there is announcement of, of criminal charges. And if, if I'm a betting man, uh, which Justin, you know I am, I've probably made three or four betting references too many on this podcast already. Um, I do think criminal charges are going to come. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong because I don't want to see the guy's career, uh, you know, thrown out if, if uh, you know, it's not really valid charges. But I do think that these are the, this is the type of case uh, when you have quantity, there usually are criminal charges. Awesome. Well, thanks for that rundown. That it's been interesting to follow. I mean, it's been. I feel like you've been talking about that on different, make, doing different spots on different shows a lot on that. Um, so he's uh, at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. Dan Lust, co-host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast and friend of the show. Excited to have you back here. Been looking for an excuse to talk to you again. So this was a good one. So Justin, I know, I know you know this. Uh, I spoke to Nebraska uh, Law School. I gave a presentation back in March. Uh, I've spoken to a number of uh, law schools and law students over the past year and a half or so. So the good news, the big news, uh, I was actually hired recently by a New York-based uh, law school. It's actually called New York Law School to be their uh, sitting sports law professor. And I got a call from the dean today that my class has uh, that full capacity, that 60 oh, students that's... have signed up for my class. So Professor Sports Law Lust is in the house. That's awesome. I thank you for bringing that up. I've been meaning to congratulate you on that. I know we've exchanged some messages. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. And uh, there's sounds like there's demand for what you're what you're teaching. So now we just need to get you um, in. Shocking. Yeah. Well, if we can get you out here as a visiting professor, maybe for maybe that's uh, the reason to get you out here for that football game. I may or may not have DM Ted Carter and uh, extended the invite that I would be uh, Nebraska's guest of honor. He did not respond, but he does oh. follow me. So, you know, I, I don't think. And he didn't unfollow me after I said that. So that's, that's positive. Wow. Well, well, we'll keep working all the angles, see what we can do. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Dan. Hey, it was great talking to you. Yes. Always a pleasure, Justin. Happy to jump on anytime. All right. Go Big Red. Thanks again to Mr. Lust for joining us on the podcast. Up next is Rachel Lindsay. 
with the Buffalo Bulls. We are thrilled to have Rachel Lindsay, college sports reporter from the Buffalo News, here with us to talk about the Buffalo Bulls. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, our pleasure. Uh, excited to learn about a team that we don't know a lot about. Um, I guess before we talk about Buffalo now, I'd be curious just to hear some context about, I don't know, recent history on the team. Um, who, who are the Buffalo Bulls? Uh, they've pretty much become one of the max top teams over the last three years. They've been bowl eligible for the last four years under former coach Lance Leipold, who won you know, X number, won a number of national championships at Wisconsin Whitewater, Division Three school. He came in and really built the program from the ground up in 2014. He had a couple of rough seasons to start with, but really started to see the fruits of his labor in 2017 when the team went six and six, but did not get a bull bid. The following year, they were in contention for the MAC championship. They lost to Northern Illinois in the championship game. Still made the Dollar General Bowl, lost in the Dollar General Bowl, but they had this team that was filled with talent. Quarterback Tyree Jackson, wide receiver K.J. Osborne, who's now with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they had a couple of really good defensive linemen. They had Chuck Harris as well. And they had a, a pretty good freshman running back named Jarrett Patterson, who came out of nowhere and really took control of the running game, where Tyree Jackson was very strong at the past. Tyree Jackson decided to turn pro. After the 2018 season, KJ Osborne went to Miami and went to the U and they had to pivot and suddenly they became a very run heavy team. Jarrett Patterson, the running back, he really, he steered the team and they had a you know bit of a quarterback change early on in 2019, still managed to go eight and five and win the Bahamas bowl. And you know, Jarrett Patterson really started showing flashes of who he was when he was running for two, 300 yards a game on average at, at one point in the second half wow. of the season that carried over into a shortened 2020 season because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Jared Patterson tied an NCAA FBS record with eight touchdowns in a game. He ran Whoa. for like, yeah, more than 400 yards a game. This was all against Bowling Green and UB pretty much steamrolled their competition until they got to the MAC championship game where they lost to Ball State, but still won the Camellia Bowl. And then Jared Patterson decided to turn pro. Their quarterback, Kyle Van Therese, is coming back. Their secondary running back, Kevin Marks, is back as well for this year. You know, he's something like eighth or ninth all time on the rushing yards list at UB. Believe it or not, Jared Patterson is number two. Okay. And the, this year, they're going to return again. They're, they've got five scholarship quarterbacks, uh, only two, you know, they've got two with like, playing experience and Kyle Van Treese and Matt Myers. And Kyle Van Treese, the starting job is his to lose at this point. They lost a lot of depth. I'm not just say depth. They lost experience on their offensive line. They've lost two players to the transfer portal and center Mike Nowitzki and guard uh, Jacob Gall, who's going to Baylor. And they lost one of their top players in the secondary in Tyrone Hill, Tyrone Hill, who also entered the transfer pool, the portal. So there's definitely going to be some questions there as far as those positional rebuilds. But the Buffalo's returned a lot for, for a G5 team. They've really established a good tradition. And now with their new coach, Maurice Linguist, who I think it's about three weeks. So with three weeks Tuesday, he's been here, a former oh, Michigan yeah. co-defensive coordinator. His task now is really to sustain that success. Yeah. So I, as you were talking about, you know, experience coming back and versus leaving, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of 
secondary almost to the fact that the the coaches is gone. Was it a kind of surprise that the previous coach left? Because it was kind of a late hire, right? It was not surprising that he left. I mean, as we know, in group of five programs, if you do well, it's a springboard to a bigger school. And Lance had really, Lance Leipold, he had, again, he had really crafted this program from the ground up. He was very resourceful in what he did. He, you know, knew about recruiting and knew, you know, as as a G5 program, we're not going to get the biggest, fastest, and strongest kids, but let's find the kids that we can build into some of the best players. And it, he was a finalist for the Illinois job in December. So we all kind of knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of when. And when the Kansas job opened, it was kind of like, you know, okay, the radar went up. We kind of knew it was going to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was just the timing of it was all unusual. You know, people would say, oh, you know, it's, it's the end of April. He has to roll, you know, they got to roll in and do all these new things. But it's funny because the timing of it actually is not terrible. Uh, the recruiting dead period's been 14 months so everybody mm-hmm. not just ub or kansas is going to have to start you know their their live period june 1st and i know you know the new coach maurice linguist their staff's already out there hustling as far as recruiting goes and you know it, it was just it, it was just one of these i laugh as a reporter it was great because usually you see all these coaching changes in december during basketball season and bowl season yeah. and the holidays and people say, oh, this is a terrible time for UB to hire a new coach. Like, no, it's not. It's great, actually. Mm. You know, I can only worry about a coaching search. I don't have to worry about three other things going on. Oh, but uh, he's come in. He's got a – Maurice has got a lot of energy. He's young. He's 30 – I believe he's 37, 38 years old. Uh-huh. And he's, he's very charismatic as well. And, you know, another thing that's – you know, he's one of, what, 15, 16 minority coaches and call in FBS – programs right now so that's oh, wow. that that's huge as well too you yeah. know that ub is taking to help the you know someone you know with his kind of resume he, he worked from the way up you know from, from the ground up he started his first job at valdosta state as an assistant worked from the ground up has a really strong resume you know and i, I think this is you know, i think it's a very good hire for ub but again his challenge now is to sustain what lance Leipold built have, do you have a sense? You, it sounds like he's only been on the job for three weeks. Have you weeks. heard from him what his vision is for the offense and the defense? Like, is he going to try it? Does he have, is there going to be a shift coming in what things look like? Is he going to try and keep going, what, keep, keep on with what was working? You know, obviously with any program, you have to evaluate your strengths as well too. You know, I mean, they've got, again, a pretty solid running back coming back. We have to build depth there as well too you know they said that we're gonna have a very aggressive program you know they're they you know they want to really maximize the talent they have there as well and build but they haven't schematically they haven't really gone into you know those angles yet so you know and i i, I kind of get that because you really have to do a lot of evaluation first and That's do it correctly. i mean and they can't you know they can't work with players right now officially yet either that's so that just the last minute nature of it from from my perspective, from a Nebraska fan perspective, takes this from being, you know, a fairly intimidating group of five matchup to maybe it's like, OK, there's probably going to be a little bit more confusion. Maybe the degree of difficulty is down just a little bit just because of the unknowns. I don't know if that's a fair read on the situation, but mm-hmm. I think that's how we're feeling mm-hmm. appropriately or not. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, Buffalo always 
tries to schedule a P5 program. You know, obviously, you know, obviously there's the money issue, you know, the buy game issue. And they were supposed to play Ohio State last year, but that got wiped out. A couple of years ago, they played Penn State and, you know, really, I would say first half competed well with Penn State, you know, with a quarterback who played one, played one, had one full start in Matt Myers. And it was, it was kind of a crazy game against Penn State. The second half, just, they fell apart. They lost their punter to a freak injury on a play and their, their quarterback had to go, the back of quarterback had to go in and punt. It was kind of crazy. You know, there was a lot of, I would say early on in 2019, there was a lot of just trying to figure out parts. And the first month of the season was just almost like a lab experiment in a way for for UB because again, they were trying to find a new quarterback. They were trying to fill in guys at spots. So I'm wondering if that's what it's going to be like this year for them as well mm-hmm. too. Like those first few weeks are just going to be, let's figure out what we got. They've got an FCS opponent. They opening up against Wagner uh, on, um, you know, on the first week of the first week of the season, then go straight into Nebraska, coastal Carolina, and then old dominion. Okay. It's interesting that the previous coach, went to Kansas because uh, Nebraska, former Nebraska, great, all-time great quarterback, and then longtime assistant coach, Turner Gill. Uh, I don't know if Buffalo was his first head coaching gig or not. I can't remember, um, but he had a lot of success at Buffalo. I know. I think that was before your time covering the team, but I'm curious, like, what's what's the – do people have fond memories of, of Turner Gill? I'm, what, and Turner, the, Turner did well here. It was – Again, it was an instance where if he does well, he's going to get a bigger job. And he went to Kansas, and it was, it was kind of, it was, it was, you know, just kind of a, it, just a weird thing with Kansas. People were like, "Oh, well, Turner Gill failed at Kansas," and I'm like, it was tough because Turner Gill could not sustain the success that Kansas had built. You know, it was, it was, it was tough, and you know, it's it's easier to, you know, if you look at other schools to build from the ground up where there's not a great program than to sustain success as well i mean it's 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 a tough it's a tough road to hoe at any school and i mean in kansas it's it's it, as we know kansas is not a football school it no. never has been a mark mangino made it a football school for a few years as well so, you know that's it's a tough act to follow and you know you're taking over a team that went to the, the orange bowl at one point right. so you know it's basically competing for a big 12 title or high expectations there as well too but i you know and it, the same thing happened at, at buffalo after turner left you know they couldn't su- sustain the success i think they had like maybe one or two winning seasons in the next five or six years at buffalo after turner left and that was they went to the it was the year that khalil mack played at ub it was a first round draft pick they had i think played in the in the the potato bowl that year and it was maurice linguist was an assistant on that team oh. so you know, there was just a unique chemistry there as well, too. But, you know, it was, it was just a matter of Buffalo couldn't, you know, couldn't sustain that success under, under Jeff Quinn. So, you know, in-game Lance, fears really built the ground up. And now, again, it's about figuring out how to sustain that success and to keep Buffalo as a contender in the map. Yeah. I think the general consensus in Nebraska is that Turner didn't get enough time. I think it was only two years before they fired him and, you know, yeah. uh, me and Gino had built the team up really high, but the last mm-hmm. year, I think he had a really bad year. Yeah. And I yeah. think there was some like toxic stuff going on in the locker room. And so, you know, Turner comes into a mess and he's trying to flip the culture, but then mm-hmm. you still have some like residual expectations and uh poor guy. He did, I don't think he got a fair shake. So yeah. 
And he's now what at Liberty as an administrator, I think. Yeah. So he's the last Liber- place I saw he was. And he went at. to Liberty to coach for a while. And then mm-hmm. I think his wife had cancer. And oh, so he okay. stepped back from coaching. Um, and I don't, uh, and so, but so he still has some role, um, mm-hmm. but he's not coaching right now. So kind of a, kind of a tragic tale, though. I think he yeah. did a really good job with Liberty up until um, he had to step back to focus on his family. What right. um, do you, does Buffalo travel well? I mean, what do you expect from, from their it's, time here in Lincoln? You know, I'm wondering, you know, obviously they went to Penn state, which is about a four hour drive from here. And it's, there's no direct way to get to Penn state if wherever, wherever you're coming from. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering how the COVID-19 panic pandemic is going to impact travel because people are still a little hesitant to get on planes. As we know, mm-hmm. you know, it's a long drive from Buffalo to Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I wonder how those, you know, and it's just, it's the thing about, especially the UB football program here, Buffalo is a major league town. We have the Bills, which are a religion here. We have the Sabres, you know, which are just, they're kind of branding themselves as the not so lovable losers. They haven't made the playoffs in 10 years and people care. So Buffalo is kind of a, you know, on a rung below them, you know, they don't get the same attention unless when they're winning. So, but the, and the sure. basketball team really is for a year, for a few years when Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates was really the, the gateway to the school, you know, they'd make the NCAA tournament and people would notice the university of Buffalo because of that, you know, the, the exposure was helped because of basketball. They'd won four Mac titles in you know, five or six, five or six years, made the tournament a few times. So they don't have the same high profile that the basketball teams or the pro sports teams here yeah. as well do. So that's been kind of interesting. You know, before I covered Buffalo, I covered the University of Michigan. And oh. it was, you know, it was one of these, everybody cared about that. They had yeah. this international following, you know, here yeah. it's, it's a little more of a, it's a, it's a different following here. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, the Bills, actually, my co-host and I went to high school uh, at Millard West and Harrison Phillips went to our high mm-hmm. school. Right. For the Buffalo Bills. So that's kind yeah. of a fun connection. Him not playing at Nebraska was a pretty big deal, but he did go to Stanford. So he went to it. He picked a good it's spot. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. um, it, wasn't he injured? Is he doing well? I'm not sure. You know, I, I always joke. I'm like, you know, I, I cover football on weekends, so I don't get to lot, watch a lot of football oh, as well. Yeah. So I, I, Harrison, Harrison Phillips though, he's, he's very involved in the community. He was out last weekend doing charity work here as well and you know he's i would say you know people also know him for his for his humanitarianism here as well which is a pretty pretty big deal yeah i mean just i never i never knew him he was you know younger than us but uh by like looks like he's like 11 years younger than us so there was no chance of our paths crossing but it's cool to hear of a omaha kid uh making it doing well and and giving back to his community um well uh Appreciate your time. Appreciate your expertise. Buffalo is just, uh, yeah, it's just not, not something on our radar. So it's helpful mm-hmm. to get some context for who the opponent is. Do you think, uh, so man, I feel like a lot of the questions I want to ask you, they're all kind of like blunted by the fact that there's, that there's a new coach, but right, do, right. Think, I, do they come in here with a, like, we want to win mentality? I, I assume they do, but uh, who doesn't, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, who, who, who doesn't, I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's one thing I, you know, I'd followed, and also, I kind of followed Nebraska from afar as, as well, too. You know, just, um, I, you know, with a former Big Big Ten tie also. You know, I was really I was really hoping for Scott Frost to, you know, get that program together. And I still 
hope he does as a, you know, as, as someone who's like kind of a, a legacy at, at Nebraska yeah. in a way as, as well too. So, you know, kind of like, you know, I, I want him to do good things with that program. I think it's very important. You know, I remember I always joked when I was covering Michigan, I'm like, wow, you know, Nebraska football is the national team of that state. You know, they, they deserve that. I mean, it really is. I mean, and I, when I worked in Colorado years ago, you know, I remember watching the Colorado Nebraska rivalry as well, just how spirited that yeah. was. And I just think, you know, Nebraska needs a revival. It's, it'd be great for college football. Preach. Amen. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> but, well, he, uh, you know, I think the, our take recently and this is not unique to us is he, he came in expecting to win the way he had and, Mm-hmm. Uh, at UCF and, and it took a little bit. Well, actually it didn't take really long to learn like that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It's tough. Um, it's it, that transition's not easy. I don't know how, you know, I want to see how Lance Leipold does it right. at Kansas and in, in the big 12 too. It's not an easy transition at all for those G5 coaches, especially extremely success, successful G5 coaches like Scott Frost, like Lance Leipold. I mean, even Lance Leipold acknowledged, you know, it's going to take some time and some patience and turn you know, turn Gill, but the problem, you know, in Nebraska is their time and patience. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, in Michigan, I mean, I watched it with, with Jim Harbaugh, you know, they, they went, you know, they, they, they'd have eight, nine wins and it wasn't enough. Yeah. We'd be, we'd kill for eight, eight, nine wins at this point. So <laughs> it's, uh, it does feel like, it does feel like, I think Scott has as much time as anyone in this position mm-hmm. will get uh, just because of that legacy. Um, like nobody wants him to fail. I mean, right. I oh, like yeah. towards the end of the Mike Riley era, some people are like, like, let's he should just if he tanks that's great because then he's gone like nobody's maybe there's probably a few people but by and large nobody wants scott frost to do bad um, right we want him yeah. to do personally well we want the team to do well and so he's recalibrated and um this season four here uh hoping to see some improvement there's he's got bigger guys all across the board he's mm-hmm. reformatted the skill position players so um yeah hopefully yeah, we're, we're, we're counting out. Do you know what the, is there a line set for the Buffalo game? I have not seen one yet. Okay. So I've only seen the over under for wins, which I think a couple of places have eight and a half. Other places have eight. I can't remember which exactly it was as well, but I think the line's going to favor Nebraska given how much money people were probably put on that. So, yeah, that's true. That... You know, just, just, just at first glance, you know, because we know that's all, you know, the line's dictated by how much money is put where and how much money moves. So yeah. that's one of the things I learned about sports gambling. So I, I don't know very much about sports gambling and I do not, I, tr- I don't participate, but uh, that's the thing about Nebraska is Nebraskans like to better Nebraska. So excuse everything. Like I said, the national sport of Nebraska, national team of Nebraska. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we care a lot. Uh, well, Rachel, where, where can our listeners uh, follow your reporting on, on Buffalo as we lead up to this game? Okay. You can go to uh, buffalonews.com, uh, go to the sports section, buffalonews.com backslash sports. Uh, and you, know, you probably read about Harrison Phillips on there as well, too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rachel M. Lenzi, R-A-C-H-E-L-M-L-E-N-Z-I. Great. We're following you. And we'll All be, right. I think I, I might have already hit the uh, the limit on free articles. No. <laughs> so uh, choose your links, your clicks uh, wisely, Husker fans. Um, <laughs> Uh, or subscribe to the Buffalo News. So. Or subscribe. That's all. <laughs> yeah, happening. you know, support local journalism. That's right. You know, yeah. If you're if you're an Omaha World Herald subscriber or a Lincoln Journal Star subscriber, they also own the Buffalo News, the same company. So. Oh, Lee. Yes, Lee. Support local journalism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's um. I'm starting to. I we have digital subscriptions to both, and I'm starting to see 
the Journal Star push Omaha World Herald articles now mm-hmm. um, yeah. because they, they own them both. So right. that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Rachel, thank you for your time. This has been All great. Right. Thank it. you. Thanks again to Ms. Lindsay for joining us on the podcast. Just a fun fact regarding the Buffalo Bulls. Yeah. They do predate the Buffalo Bills by about 30 years. Um, okay. And, in fact, I think the, the football program has existed since uh, the 1890s. Uh, but the the football program was briefly named the Bison at one point, but somewhere around 1930 they became the Buffalo Bulls. Um, so if you're wondering who was named after whom, well, there you go. So did they just say, hey, there was once a guy named Buffalo Bill Cody, so we should name our football team the Buffalo I Bills? Mean, probably. That w- That's probably where they were going with it. I mean, if you lived in central Nebraska, that would be one thing, but <laughs> I don't get it for upstate New York. Justin, speaking of central Nebraska. <laughs> and Buffalo. Yeah. I, I bet that they were not experiencing the same disruptions uh, in their supply chain this past week as perhaps some other meat suppliers. I, yeah, you know, being a small family-owned business, I, I suppose I suppose not. Yeah. So just remember, folks, when it all when it all burns down, <laughs> Central Nebraska Buffalo is probably still going to be there. Yeah, off the grid. <laughs> it's funny. I just as I was scheduling this conversation, I was like, "We're going to play a team called Buffalo. <laughs> We're sponsored by Buffalo." <laughs> That is the same thing. It just took a really long time for that connection to happen. You know, Justin and I kind of sound like a broken record here, but it is such uh, an interesting time. I guess interesting is the word I'm going to settle on. It's an interesting time as it pertains to um, all kinds of markets, but especially uh, real estate is just crazy, and I wouldn't want to be going it alone. Um, So if you are um, at any point in the next three months, six months, year, two years, thinking about relocating, downsizing, buying your first home. Um, Monty's the guy to talk to, and it's never too early to start that conversation. So, um, yeah, we would recommend that you give him a call at 402-770-3356, or you can always email him monty.rohde at prglincoln.com. I feel like we don't always give that email address. That's that's good yeah. for people to have. I've got that one memorized. I've said it enough. So, I think we said it, say it often enough that that's somewhere in my noggin. I don't need that I'm, to be on the page. I'm proud of you. Good work. Next week, I'm going to try to say the phone number without without looking at it. But I changed it up this week. Yeah, I noticed. So, who knows? Maybe next week I'll be like four zero two eight six seven five three zero nine. Eight six seven five three oh nine. Oh, did I tell you I started reading uh, Ready Player Two? You did, and yeah. and uh, I'm trying to keep a tally of how many times I roll my eyes as I listen to it on Audible. So I guess I'm not reading it. I'm just I've just got it on Audible. But wow, there is an eight six seven five three oh nine reference on like the first page. <laughs> it's like here we go. <laughs> so. That's uh, 
That is a... Uh, the entire book is all about, like, remember Transformers? <laughs> like, like that's what the books are. Those were great. I love it. They're like, re- remember Star Wars? Do you remember the 80s? Do you remember DeLoreans? How DeLoreans are cool? Do you remember video games from the 80s? Like, like Joust? Do you remember Joust? I'm going to write a book about that. I'm going to write, like, where they play Joust. Wouldn't that be cool to play Joust again? But, like, it's in the computer. I actually just in the last week watched most of season three of Westworld. Did you watch any of those shows? I have not watched any of that. If you want to talk about a show that just loves to ask heavy philosophical questions, like, in your face, nonstop, uh, like, you know, the meaning of life and free will and, you know, when the machines rise, like, how will they be predisposed to do whatever i mean mm. yeah yeah it was it's intense you know what it's, uh series I, is also good at asking that question what the terminator yeah the rest of the machines <laughs> L- literally right no it was it was i was a little skeptical I, I think anybody who knows anything about the show it's not too much of a spoiler to say um at the end of season two like they leave the park and so season three as all the advertising shows is outside the park and i was kind of like how is this gonna work and it took a little bit but there was a moment where they kind of made it so like humans were connected or were losing their free will and then it was like oh wow okay i get it i feel like i can't say much more without ruining Mm. it but, but it became compelling to me when i thought it might not be what you're describing to me sounds like a lot of discussions we had in my like introductory philosophy class when I was in college just like the whole idea of like when where's the line between human and machine once what's a machine is advanced enough to at least simulate everything that a human brain does you know like yeah. where does that line yeah. get crossed I don't know that's kind of weird to think about but and then what does that mean for like does it have a soul then? Mm-hmm. Deep questions. Westworld. How like what is happening to the ends of these podcasts, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just late and we need to go to bed. Well, I mean, it's also the the summer summer podcasts. That's a big part that's, of what we're doing here. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, we just sat down to chat and I had already recorded the conversation, so you know. It's like, oh man, we've only been recording for a few minutes. Yeah. Probably need to keep talking. I did watch another ill-advised movie this past week. Oh no, what'd you watch? Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> That's uh, a classic. Which I don't I believe mean, I, I've seen for at oh, least a decade or maybe two. I remember really liking that movie. It. Uh, what really stuck out to me this time is like the third act ends so abruptly that it's like w- you almost get whiplash. Like... The bad guy's defeated, and that's the end of the movie. Literally. Don't they actually electrocute him? Oh, yeah. No, he does. He, he I gets remember the him being saying, chair. I am Electro-Man. <laughs> that's so dark that they actually do that. As a child, though, it did not phase me at all. In fact, I used to uh, pretend I was being electrocuted and shocked in the shower. Uh, little known uh, distinction there. Electrocution is a reference to somebody dying by electricity. You hear the cution in there, like execution, electrocution. Oh. Yeah. 
So if you if you are not killed, you are simply shocked. You're not electrocuted. So we're reading the uh, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, which is what the creepy 1980s cartoon The, the Secret, Secret of, of Nim, Nim man. Yeah. is based on. Yeah, and it's so so different. Um, but some rats like got electrocuted by chewing on some electric parts. So we encountered that last night with my kids. Oh boy, my old suit. What does it mean? Uh, they're dead. <laughs> Sorry. Now you're bringing me to the Brave Little Toaster. I was just, uh, listening to that Worthless, Worthless. Oh, yeah. That song. That movie. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the scene so in which heavy. the, uh, the vacuum cleaner runs over his own cord, and he starts, like, choking on it, and they have to rescue him. Oh, I forgot about that. That that movie, okay, that movie and The Land Before Time were like my introduction to the concept of death. <laughs> <clears throat> Where oof, summertime, summertime podcast episodes. All right, let's let's cut it off. Hey, go big red. Go big red. Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 230 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. Did I say that right? Yeah. I felt like there was supposed to be another thing, the Husker Football Fan Football Podcast. Okay. (sighs) Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 230 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, Justin talks to sports law lawyer and Fordham Law alumnus Dan Lust about the Fordham Rams and Buffalo News College sports reporter and Buffalo News College. St- <laughs> you jinxed me, man. You got me all worked up. Okay. In today's episode, Justin talks to sports law lawyer and Fordham Law alumnus Dan Lust about the Fordham Rams and Buff. Ah, oh, see, but the Fordham Rams. <laughs> Maybe if we did, if we put. The Buffalo News. No, that, that I, I should you? be fine there. I just need to. I need to not see about the Fordham Rams and Buffalo News. You know, that's where my mind was going. So I should be okay now. All right. In today's episode, Justin talks to sports law lawyer and Fordham Law alumnus Dan Lust about the Fordham Rams and Buffalo News College Sports Reporter and Buffalo's <laughs> and Buffalo News College Sports Reporter. The sports reporter Rachel is throwing me off. Okay. How about that? I can move it no, around. No, I got it. I got it. I got and it. And sports it. reporter from the Buffalo News. No, I'm good. I'm good. Just give me. And sports news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can put some of this as uh, bonus footage oh, at the end. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Buffalo News. Oh. <laughs> 
and Buffalo News college sports reporter Rachel Lindsay about the Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> Woo! Made it. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Fan Football Food. <laughs> <laughs> you got me.